0: This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games and more at umcyoungpeople.com.
1: I have a happy little announcement to start off with, so Oh, I love I love happy little announcements. I know. It's like happy little announcements. And then like sometimes big announcements can be scary, but usually the little ones are always happy. So like happy little trees. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no accidents, just no accidents. Yeah. yeah. Um, But the, the happy little announcement is uh, I got our download report for the crash courses on youth ministry. Oh, that's fantastic. I know. And as of the end of January, there have been like 2000 total downloads of those things. That is wonderful. I know, and eight hundred of them were in January itself, right? And, and only six
0: hundred of them were my mom. So that's uh, yeah. And, and I it's love how down from is my normal and all your down from my normal book sales. So
1: yeah, it's really pretty incredible. So, <laughs> um, but I'm really excited about that. And uh, if you're watching us on Facebook Live and listening to the podcast the series that Jeremy and I find ourselves working through is all based on those crash courses in youth ministry. Um, And uh, we are doing a second week in a row on administration, which last week we talked about not necessarily being one of the spiritual gifts that a lot of youth ministers uh, are equipped with naturally. Right. And and sometimes it takes a little
0: bit of like, okay, I know I have to read this one because i'm not good at it but I just don't i want to read the one about messy games
1: because <laughs> i Actually, already do messy games and i'm so good at them we need we need to make one on messy games chris uh the, you know what I, i'm totally happy to have you write that one
0: because <laughs> i will be i love games i love crazy weird games i will write a whole book of completely unique games for that
1: was, that was the Sunday. I would do one messy game Sunday every summer. Oh, right. And it was like circled on my calendar with dread. I hated hated doing that day. And I don't know why, except I knew it would end with me being covered in all the things that I planned for People, you know,
0: well, I, I will tell you, this is a free one before we get into the administration. Um, uh, I I innovated a game as I as I love to do yes. on one of our messy game game nights. I I know I've told you this story before, Chris, but the game was have you if you've have you ever seen the a water balloon slingshot it oh, takes yeah. three people the three person you know, two, one yeah mm-hmm, it's got like surgical tubing and two people are holding it and one person like pulls it back. Well, we did we used one of those and, and I mean when you've got a water balloon, I mean you can you can get it 50 yards without even trying. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a serious thing. So we were in a a gym at the church and the idea is uh, that we were going to shoot for accuracy, uh, but using spam. Now in general, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like the idea of wasting food in messy games, but I don't consider spam food. So, uh, it partially because of the way it smells like cat food when you open the can. Uh, so what we did is we, we made a target out of like a, one of those plastic drop cloths that you oh yeah um have and uh, for painting. And we sort of suspended it maybe 10 feet from the wall on one side and big, huge target. Right. And the idea is like, you got, you're trying to, it's like, uh, darts or whatever you're trying to hit the bullseye and uh, and so then on the other side of the gym you've got the people with the spam and the thing and they're going to shoot the spam at the target it's great it's fantastic game um it, in my head the, the, the problem is like i i, I calculated how hard a piece of spam is <laughs> and so so the first group that Let's their spam fly. And this is why you always test these games somewhere beforehand. We didn't have time. They let the spam fly and it flies through the bullseye. Oh, no. Onto the rough stone wall. Like it's a stone wall that you, if you rub your hand over, it, it will scratch the crap out of your hand, yeah. which means there is spam deeply embedded. <laughs> Yes, in that wall and I was not there for the beginning of this game I had stepped out to use the restroom and we had interns doing it so they let several teams go before I got back in and they were just shooting it through the hole that the first one had made um, and the gym smelled like spam
1: for a while yeah, yeah. and it probably looked a little <laughs> bit like a Jackson Pollock kind of ladder on the wall too that's incredible um, yeah. uh, another freebie. One of the ones that maybe is a little bit messy, but if we ever had a pool party in the summer, oh yeah, um, one of the things that I would do is uh, I would get a watermelon. And oh, I, classic! I Vaseline the outside, right? Yes, one hundred percent. And then throw that Vaseline watermelon in the pool and yes. just say that you'll give a prize to whoever can get it out of the pool first. <laughs> Perfect. Right? Yeah. Low prep. Super duper easy.
0: Great. Um, Nothing could possibly
1: go wrong with that. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is why we spend a lot of time in administration um, <laughs> doing things behind the scenes to, you know, maybe mitigate some of those things that could go wrong. <laughs> right. As fun as the messy games and things are. Um, so what I thought we would talk about this time around has everything to do with forms and records. Um, yes, forms this actually and records. gotten way, way easier as technology's gotten better because. That's true. For those of us that have been in youth ministry for a while, um, I'm sure that we remember just the the stacks of paper that we had to retain that were release forms and and medical pieces and attendance records and all that kind of stuff.
0: I, I was, I, I'm not that old, Grits. I, I don't know what you're talking
1: about. Of course you don't. Um, just kidding. But... I had,
0: I had file, <laughs>
1: like physical file cabinets. Multiple. It full of that multiple stuff. Multiple drawers. Yeah. Cause you had yeah, yeah. For several years. Um, but uh-huh. now so much of that stuff is digital. And so it, it, it makes not only the the tracking that you're trying to do as part of your ministry much, much easier. The physical storage space is much easier, but it also yeah. actually lets you do a lot with the data that you collect if you give yourself some time to do it. So right. uh, if we talk attendance, just kind of quickly, what do you track? Why do you track it? And how do you use that attendance data?
0: Yeah, that's really, really important. and. And this is one of those things that the more data you can collect, the more useful your attendance tracking is, right? I mean, most of your churches would love a head count, right? And that's pretty easy. It, any random person in the back of the room can do it. Uh, that, that does not help you that much except for satisfying, did we have more heads or less heads? This week um, really, what you want to do is track personal attendance if at all possible yep. um and and that is and that is all that's not always simple or easy or interesting to do. Um, Most, if you've got a church database system, there are generally check-in systems. Um, Some of those are like iPad kind of deals. Some of those will print out a piece of paper. Um, And, you know, we would do things, uh, so we would sort of seasonally, it gets to a place where uh, kids stop checking checking the box. Mm -hmm. And so one of our pieces was we had some kind of prize that we gave out the beginning of each, uh, just a raffle, but it was all the kids. It was based on the kids who checked their name off of the thing. It wasn't like a hundred dollars or anything, but it was a sort of regular like reminder. Oh, I would like to get a candy bar at the beginning. So I'm going to check off my name on the on the thing. And then after the um, so what is important to do is to try to get students to do that, to check the, their names off. But then it's also important to have an adult that's going back behind and being like looking through the people that, whose names are not checked and saying, you know what, did I see them? Yep. They were here. Oh, that person was here too. Oh, that person was here. And if you are in a situation where you have a large group and a small group um, that are attached in the same program, it can be a lot easier because you just have your small group leader check off the kids who are there. But the, the goal of that is to be able to notice when kids are not there. Because for whatever reason, there are you will just not notice, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially um, once you get over maybe 15 kids in your group, it starts to get to that place where you can't quite remember who you saw, who you didn't see. And the quieter the kid is, the more likely you, you are to not notice them because you're dealing with the kid who's making a scene. Um, and so for me, my goal was to set up a, a missing in action plan, Mm-hmm. And what we did was we would say, or what we do is, is we say that, okay, in three weeks, if somebody misses three weeks in a row, we will contact them with a phone call, right? Mm-hmm. And And our phone call is not like, you missed church. Why did you not show up, right? The phone call is like, hey, haven't seen you in a while at youth group. Hope you're doing great. I know that it's baseball season and things are wild or whatever, but just want you to know that we missed you uh, and we were praying for you. Right. Yep. Something like that. Really simple. And then we do the same thing, but six weeks out and we do a written communication, a little postcard that we say kind of a similar thing. And then we stop calling and doing that until like the next big event or retreat. Mm-hmm. And then we run a report of all the people who stopped coming since the last Whatever, and then we make sure that they get another personal reach out to say, "Hey, it's time for summer camp. Uh, I know that you haven't been able to come very much over the last couple of months, but we'd love to see you at summer camp and you know make sure you register, but you, you can't do any of that if you aren't collecting the data
1: correct and and looking at it regularly enough to spot the pattern right like mm-hmm if part of your missing an action plan is following up with somebody that's missed three weeks in a row, that means you're looking at your attendance stuff every week. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're going deep into the report, but you are spending, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, um, right. looking at the attendance patterns for what's there. Yeah. And and it is important to, to understand
0: there uh, you, you can, most of these attendance tools um, uh, in your If your church has a database software, which most of them do just because they're trying to do things with donors and taxes and things like that, Mm -hmm. um, you can, uh, most of those can, you can set up automated notifications. Every Wednesday, I get an email that says this many kids are on the three-week list. This many kids are on the six-week list. And then there's free tools even like church metrics and, um, and some of those kind of pieces that um, that will allow you to, to do some of this at a you know, basic level um, if your church is not big enough to have a, um, a database system that, that does that for you.
1: You do bring up a really good point uh, that I want to come back to, and that is um, if your church has a database system, do your attendance tracking and your note-taking and everything in that database yes. so that you are doing the rest of the church a favor by helping them get all of the information in one place. If your church does not have a database, it it is a little bit of work sometimes to set up your own, you know, like spreadsheet or whatever in Excel, but it's pretty doable and there's templates that you can find out there to do it. Um, But then make sure that you share those with your pastor as well. Don't just wait for Mm -hmm. when it's like, you know, charge conference season and you've got to fill out those little reports for how many people were in Sunday school or whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, regularly be in it. And um, something else that I've seen work really well in a couple of places um, is adding extra little fun questions to the attendance. So not only are you checking off that you're here, but maybe you're telling me what your favorite candy is. Uh, And Mm. then as I find out what your favorite candy is, I can use that for future meetings when I need to buy candy or provide snacks. All of a sudden I can look back and say, okay, I've got 60% of my group that really loves Reese's peanut butter cups. So I'm going to get some of those. I'll get some Smarties. I'll get whatever. Yeah. Um,
0: And and Uh, like if if somebody shows up, if somebody gets sick in the hospital, Mm -hmm. you hear something that's going on, or you're going to show up at their game, uh, you can look at that little record, bring their favorite candy with you, Yeah, bring their favorite things. And it's like, oh, wow. He or she really knows me, cares about me.
1: Something else that I've seen, um, and I have to thank Hank Hilliard, who's at um, First United Methodist in Franklin, Tennessee, for this one. Shout out to Hank. Yeah, I love Hank. Um, (laughs) Hank, uh, for a long time with his attendance stuff, would list not the year, but like a kid's birthday um, along with the attendance, and they would just have to circle if it was correct or incorrect. And then when they checked in, he would have a table of kind of like $5 or less gifts that were not wrapped. But if you check in and it's your birthday week, all of a sudden, then you could walk over and grab something from the birthday gift table. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I which was great because it, it it helped kids feel included and, and excited to come maybe the week of their birthday. But then it also for his database tracking helped him be accurate with the information that he had. Right. And, and confirm that <laughs> yeah. birthdays and that kind of stuff were there. All right. Um Background checks, Um, not for your Mm. youth, but yes, anybody that is working with your youth, this is a no brainer. If you've got a abuse prevention or risk reduction policy like safe sanctuaries or safe gatherings or ministry safe, doing background checks on a regular basis for your volunteer group and keeping those accessible and secure and not in a place where anybody can access them. You, you just have to do it. You got to be able to do it. Um, and to. guidance is to be able to refresh those every three years, um, mm-hmm. at, at kind of in a general level. Uh, your local church might have more specific policies. So chat with your local church leadership, uh, chat with your annual conferences, legal counsel, and see if there's a conference policy on background checks, or if there is uh, mm-hmm. even like a central database. I know one of the really awesome things that Ministry Safe or Safe Gatherings which are a couple of providers for background checks and training uh, do is they kind of provide like a centralized administration for background checks as well. So you would get like Mm -hmm. automatic updates when somebody needs to get um, background checked again um, or be able to share those records kind of across the conference. And so it prevents people from moving from one church to another church to another church if there is a pattern of abuse.
0: Yeah, that's really important. Um, And sort of along those same lines, uh, more paperwork that you've got to keep a hold of is uh, medical forms and liability waivers. Oh, those um, are so fun! Oh, uh, it's what everybody dreams of doing. Uh, but you know, and this is one of the things that has gotten somewhat easier, right? You can always do the paper system. Paper system works fine, um, but you've got to have access to those in multiple places. And and we would have um, we would have this ish- issue where we had all of the medical release forms in a binder, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we went on a trip, we'd take that binder with us. But when we started to have trips that happened that we decided not to cancel youth group because there were just some kids on the trip, but some kids still back home, you would have to start going through and say, okay, we take out the ones going on a trip put them in another binder we'll take those with us on the trip leave the other ones at home for the people in case somebody gets hurt at church and then um and then we have this like crazy moment where then we get back and you've got to put them back in the thing and then you got to take some more out it's a it's whole thing uh, we've started to use a, a thing called smart waiver there's a bunch of products like this but it it has all of the regulations for storing people's medical data online. They take care of all of the security and privacy and all of that. Um, and they and it all counts legally and all of those things. This is basically you build an online medical release or an on online liability waiver. And when you are done, it puts them all in a database. So <clears throat> wherever you are, if you've got internet access, you've got access to your medical releases and liability forms. And, um, and that is super handy. And it means that you just send out a link to parents and say, you've got to uh, you fill this out. And when they show up with their kids without it, you just say, oh, here you go. Here's the link. Go fill it out before we leave.
1: And there's a couple of great ways to do that. I mean, some people do them annually, you know, kind of like as part of fall kickoff stuff. That, that's sort of when I did it usually. Um, if you've got big retreats or big trips, um, those are another yeah. great opportunity to be able to update those. And if it's digital and it doesn't cost anything for the parent to be able to do it, that makes it so much easy just to stay on top of things. And, and I'll tell you over time that, you know, the, the thing that the medical forms, especially I've just seen kind of grow and get more uh, complicated with are the allergies pieces. Oh and yeah. And it That's is huge. so critical to be able to have that information and be able to, um, you know, stay hospitable and create opportunities that, um, you know, people can participate in no matter what their allergies are. Right. Because some of them just continue to get more and more severe. So allergy stuff included on the medical form. That's a big one food wise and otherwise. Yep. Um, all right. So outreach and interests, this is another one where if you're tracking attendance and you want to pay attention to what things people care about, um, including some information about like the stuff that they're interested in, not only inside church, but outside church too, can sort of help you as the youth leader make some really awesome pairings or small groups yeah. between youth and adults that care about the same thing. Like if I've got right. kids that are just super deep into the Marvel universe, and I know I've got a couple of volunteers that that is their bread and butter, that's their thing, and they could talk about mm-hmm. it all the time, it gives them something naturally in common. And so as you're getting forms from people, Include stuff that, that are those softer things so that you can make great relationship links. Well, and the other piece is you can always add that. Yeah.
0: Also, one of the things that I, I had a, a system that was really easy to add data points like that to for a while. And it was one of my things was after youth group, I would stop by my office and just think through the conversations I had. And go into the system and be like, okay, this, this person talking to me about basketball, like check the basketball box, right? You could m- do a MCU for the marble comic universe, right? Box. And, and it would, and, you know, gradually, you know, week by week, you start building up a, a nice profile where you can, can look for those kind of things.
1: Yeah. And, and when it's activity based stuff as well, it, it gives you kind of another reminder of the other things that a youth might be plugged into into the community. Right. If, yep. they're, in a, if they're in a community choir uh, or a drama performance group or sports or any of those pieces, make sure that those are in there um, because it gives you the opportunity maybe to think about places that you could be present outside of the church as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it helps you go back when, to attendance, it also helps you recognize the other stuff that they've got going yeah. on in their life that you're like, okay, maybe this kid has been gone for three weeks. But like you said, I know it's the heart of baseball season, or I know it's like intensive performance time. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's also interesting. Uh, I remember at one point we were having a hard time t- deciding what big game field games we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody was like, don't we put that in the computer? And, and I was like, yeah. So we ran a little thing and showed w- how many kids do we have that were soccer kids or tennis kids or whatever. And, uh, and, and so it, there's all kinds of interesting ways you can end up using that data once you have it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and say, oh, you know what? we got a lot of baseball kids showing up on this one. Let's Let's do baseball.
1: All right. Last two pieces I know we want to rock out today. Conversation records and communication.
0: Yeah, and as we say, conversation records. I uh, I, I want to talk. I want to mention it, one of the easy things to win at is uh, is birthday cards, right? Mm -hmm. And sending a birthday card, um, uh, to different people, to your kids is really great. And then to your adults is awesome. Uh, people don't get as much mail as they used to. Um, and, uh, and so it depends on how much time you are able to do, um, how much time you were able to do for uh, like you, you might be part-time or just a volunteer and you don't have time. If you're going to do all of the uh, all of the other things, you might not have time to send a postcard, but the really cool thing is there are companies that will let you upload a, uh, a database an Excel file with names, addresses, and birthdays. And we'll let you upload a weird picture of yourself and write a note on the back. And they will just automatically mail those birthday cards for you. Um, and you can find that. I mean, uh, I, I'm trying to remember what we started doing that. And uh, and it was really interesting. Um how quickly we started to get people saying, oh, wow, thank you. Oh, wow, thank you. Um, and it meant that the students that were in a database but that never came, that we didn't really think about, oh, it's their birthday. Yep, uh, they, got, they got them too. They still right? got
1: something. Yeah. Um, and if somebody is like technologically averse or scared of those kinds of things, I've also seen that kind of work if you... Um, almost like adopt youth out to members of the congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they do get a, a birthday text or a birthday card from you as the youth leader, it's awesome. Uh, if they get a card from somebody else in the congregation that says, hey, I saw it's your birthday, we're praying for you, you know, yeah. It can kind of reinforce some of the relationship building there as well. Yeah. Uh, what one of the ones places- that we use oh, is okay, called
0: postable. 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 So yep. I know, I don't know all of them, but that's one of them.
1: One of the other pieces that's gotten more complicated as texting and communication has gotten more and more prevalent is um, being able to track those kind of interactions and conversations with youth as well. Mm -hmm. Um, From the safe sanctuaries and abuse prevention side, that's one where you're like, okay, how do I get a second adult or a second set of eyes onto this interaction so that I don't feel like I'm in danger of being in this one-on-one conversation, especially if um we're talking about something that might be kind of on the edge or, or has to do with right. self-harm or something like that um and phones and and different programs are pretty great at um keeping messages as long as you have them set up correctly um yeah. and phones now I, they'll let you archive your messages as well depending on the platform that you're using so one of my big tips here is just to make sure that you're using an app that does not automatically delete conversations uh. Yes. Um, and if you do find yourself in a conversation, that's one of those tough ones, right? If, if it has to do with something that you would consider borderline, um, keep the record of that conversation and you know have it in your office, have it in a secure place. Um, if it's something that has to do with harm or illegal behavior or anything like that, share that with another, another member of your church staff so that you're not carrying that sort of yep. burden alone. Um, and then that way, having those records lets you refer back Um, if a youth comes back to you with the same issue several different times and you can say, you know what, I'm not a counselor, but based on this pattern, I think I need to be able to help get you connected with somebody that can help you more than I can.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, last one I know we want to hit on is, uh, budgeting. So, uh, when we say budgeting and I know we did like a whole, uh, booklet for crash courses on fundraising, where we talk about budgets a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But when we talk about it in terms of administration, we talk about budgeting both money and time.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: And the reason that we think that that's an important thing to do is the odds are your youth ministry needs to be able to break even, right? Um, right. You need to know what program money you've got coming in. You need to know what you need to do fundraisers for uh, or if you're going to have you know costs that you need to pass on to a youth to participate in something, you got to know what those costs are. So keeping track of, you know, what your money is doing and where you're investing money in youth ministry is really important. Um, but also budget your time. It, Absolutely. even, even those folks that are professional youth ministers that are paid to be full-time, they're not paid to be all time, right? Yes. There right. are seasons and moments where you work 24 hours. And, and we talked about that in trips and retreats actually. Yeah. Um, but you know, let's, let's say you're part-time, let's say you're 18 hours a week and you want to know where your 18 hours goes, take a month every, uh, out of every six months or maybe one month out of every year and use a time tracker so that, you know, mm-hmm. where you're putting your energy and actually how many hours you're really putting in yep. because most of the youth ministers that I know are always willing to go above and beyond, um, and sometimes put themselves in danger of burnout because they care so much about their youth and the families that they're serving that if they're supposed to give 18, they're maybe given 30, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and that's so important. Um, because we, uh, it's really easy to have an inaccurate view of your time. And to be honest, I've actually had friends that did the time. They just like, I'm spending so much time. They did their time tracker. And they were like, Oh, actually I'm not. (laughs) Right, I'm not working as much as I think that the church would expect me to. Um, and so having that, taking the time to work it out and say, okay, I went in at this time. I went out at this time. You can use an app. You can use a piece of paper, however, and, and really track it to say, okay, yeah, I I'm doing that. And the other thing is, is I would say when you're budgeting your time, budget, the specific part of your time, right? Not just total hours, but am I spending five nights a week out away from my family? Right. Because that's, that's another problem, right? So you you need to talk to your church and ask them, what are their sort of reasonable expectations? And then really pay attention. You don't need to be, you don't need to be gone every night from your family. just because you happen to be a youth pastor. um, That will mean not going to some things and getting volunteers to go to some things. Um, and, uh, and, And that also means that if when you go to the high school football game to support your teens, that is work. That is not play. That is not your free time. Your free time isn't used on youth ministry activities.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. Um, one other thing that <clears throat> doing my own time audits kind of saves me from um, might be considered like doom scrolling, right? Where yep. part of part of the job that you have as a youth leader and as a youth pastor is to be able to connect on social media, right? Yep. But where's the line between? This is me actively being in ministry and supporting a kid's account or scheduling my posts for the week or for the month or for the whatever. And then do I have a tendency to get sucked into all of a sudden I'm on Instagram and I've been scrolling for a half an hour? Um, Identifying those in some kind of time audit can actually free up some other time for yourself and let you be a little Mm -hmm. bit more intentional about where you do spend your time in ministry, where you find the best value. Um, and, and especially like help you identify the things that are life giving in youth ministry, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because if you can free yourself up to do the things that energize you, um, and look at the pattern that you have for work and say, you know what, I bet I could find somebody else to do this that loves doing it. And they'll do it maybe 75 or 80% as good as I could do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally happy to give that away. Those are the other kind of things that you can discover in the time audits as well. Yeah. Um, Next week, we're going to spend one more session on administration, and and that is actually going to be a whole episode dedicated to leadership development. Um, And that is leadership development for yourself, uh, but also for youth and volunteers and families that are plugged into your ministry as well. Uh, Again, Jeremy and I are both connected with the United Methodist Church. We uh, spend our working hours serving that connection. And we were really, really excited when the Crash Courses in Youth Ministry were able to get published at the end of 2021. Um, Mm -hmm. We're super happy that we've cleared several thousand downloads, and, and we really pray that the practical information in those courses is equipping youth leaders to be as effective as possible uh, in their youth ministries. So, yeah. know that you always are in our prayers in between the recharge sessions that we have on Thursdays. Um, Jeremy, anything else you want to toss in before we're done? No,
0: just uh, keep going back to those, uh, going back to those crash courses because um, I find that stuff like that is useful uh, to read multiple times, right? Um, I read it once and then I'm like, okay, it's been a while since I've looked at administration and really tried to fine tune some of my skills there. Let me, let me go back to that one again. Um, And this is the kind of, this is the kind of tool that once you've got it, you can keep referring to it.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Cool. Well, thank you everybody for spending some time with us on this Thursday and we look forward to seeing you next week. Jeremy, have a great one. Yes.